listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. I think a lot of times we want purpose and peace without the pain, but I think it's through that pain that you find the purpose for your life and for your situation. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode. And my guest this week is Crystal Carpenter. And I got to meet Crystal through the Rising Above community group that I get to lead on Wednesdays. You know, Rising Above has groups that meet all throughout the week via Zoom. And we love being able to connect parents of children with disabilities to offer hope and community and encouragement on this special needs journey. And you can find out more about the different groups that we have that meet throughout the week through the Rising Above website or the Rising Above app. Now, Crystal lives in Southern California with her husband and two children. She homeschools both of her children, and they love being outside and going to the beach. And we just had such a sweet, fun conversation, and I so enjoyed getting to know more about her and her family, and I know that you will as well. So here's my friend, Crystal Carpenter. Hey, Crystal, thanks so much for joining us today. I can't wait to hear more about you and know more about your story. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited. (laughs) Well, we've known each other for a little bit just because you are part of the Wednesday community group that I lead. And so I know a little bit about your story, but I'm excited to know more about your family. So just tell us a little bit about your family. And I know that you live in sunny California. So tell us what you enjoy doing there with your family. Um, So I live out here in Southern California with my husband. Uh, We've been together a little over 20 years, and um, I also live with my two children, and we always joke that we're solar-powered out here because we have like one week of rain, and it's Mm. everyone like shuts down, so we love being outside. Um, So just a little bit about my my son and my daughter. Um, So my daughter is seven, and she loves... Uh, soccer. She loves cats, spending time with her friends. Uh, She's funny. She has a huge heart for justice. Um, She's just a super fun kid. And my son is almost 10. Um, He loves animals and dinosaurs. And um, he's super honest and he's very funny and just kind of delights in like the, the little things of life. Um, we love being outside, going on walks and hikes. Uh, we have lots of animals, so we spend a lot of our time with our dogs and cats and like to go to animal shelters, the beach, just all of those kind of outdoorsy things. Outdoorsy things. That, uh, sounds so much fun. And to be in the California sun at the beach, uh, sounds really great about right now. But, um, so it's your son who has disabilities. So share with us a little about him and uh, what his disabilities are. Mm -hmm. So um, my son has, uh, you know, he has some medical diagnoses with his um, issues with his kidneys and um, bladder and different things like that. And then he also has autism 
ADHD and then I call them like the worldly labels, you know, like mm-hmm. the list of like sensory processing, you know, right. auditory, you know, all that, that kind right. of list down. Mm-hmm. So those are the um, differences that kind of make life a little more challenging Yeah, for him. Well, so how did you discover this? Was this something um, with his kidneys? Was that from birth? And then, you know, the autism obviously would have come later. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that kind of how it all played out for you all? For us, we actually had like a very, I guess, non-eventful pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of went as planned, delivery went as planned. And then when he was a little guy, just a few months old, he became really, really sick. Mm. And um, long story short, he just, he ended up being hospitalized and we almost lost him multiple times that first year. And they were trying to figure out like what's going on here. He kept getting these like really bad infections um, that were spreading, you know, through his blood and just it. So it turned out they found out that it, it was related to his bladder and, your, you know, all the things that kind of relate to the kidneys. And mm-hmm. so that's that was our first real experience with like um, anything different. I would say, you know, just trying to figure that out when he's, when he was a baby. Um, And I would say during that time too, um, you know, we started to notice like some of the milestones Mm -hmm. were different, but, but really I think I thought, well, it makes sense that they're delayed or different because he's had such a hard time. He's been Mm -hmm. in the hospital so much and we spent so much time in and out of doc, but like, of course they're going to be delayed. Mm-hmm. So let's give him more time to just kind of catch up. And it was always on like the end of that spectrum. So, you know, how they say like walking and I, I could be wrong if I'm, I don't know if I'm saying the right time frames, but like, oh, walking, you know, 10 months to 18 months or something. He was always like at the end of that or maybe right. a couple months after, you know, right. So he was, he was developing and growing, mm-hmm. but it just took him more time. So, um, and then the communication, like the speech was, was always tricky for him. He had language, but um, it was more like the receptive side of language that mm-hmm. I noticed was really hard. Like he had expressive language and he could say things, but understanding like uh, a simple direction or, you know, anything like that was very tricky, carrying on a conversation. And then we brought it up to our pediatrician she was like, well, just give him some more time. And mm-hmm. honestly, I wanted to hear that. I of wanted, course. so I was like, okay, he just needs yeah. more time, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, and that was, that was kind of the, the, the time when we had my daughter too. So we had this little baby and then we had my son who was dealing with all of his stuff. And we were still, he was, he's always had like a lot of procedures and just the medical side of things, but we really hadn't encountered too much of like the autism side of things yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that kind of started more around when he was three or four. Um, I had wanted to put him in, I was still working at the time, uh, teaching and I had a, you know, a close friend that was watching him and my daughter And there were a few other kids and he was in a very small little home daycare. She was lovely and wonderful. Um, And I put him in a preschool and he kept getting, I kept getting calls like, oh, Mm. you need to come pick him up or, 
you know, he, he won't engage. He's very upset. The behaviors or, you know, he would, he would just sit there and scream or things like that. And, and then I tried another preschool and that happened again. And, and I was like, Oh, I can't keep doing this, like leaving Mm -hmm. my job to go pick him up. And, and so um, my husband and I just talked and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to try and help him and help him catch up. And so that was around three or four. And I enrolled him in a co-op where you can kind of volunteer as a parent and be in there. And I just thought maybe he just needs like more direction, you know, Mm -hmm. and more help. And that's kind of when I, when I completely realized like, oh, this is autism. Mm -hmm. I knew what that looked like in the school setting. I was a teacher, so I knew exactly what, how it manifested, but in the home, I didn't really know how that looked in the home, you know? Mm -hmm. And he always loved his family. And you always hear this talk of like, oh, individuals with autism don't connect with people. And I'm like, well, he loves us. Like he hugs me and kisses me. And, you know, so I wasn't sure, but the minute we enrolled him in that school and I could see with my own eyes Mm -hmm. and I, I saw the, how it was manifesting with the behaviors and just all of it, I knew, oh, this is, this is autism. Like, I know this, Mm -hmm. I know what this looks like. Um, so that's really when we started that whole journey mm-hmm. and we had started um, signing him up for evaluations and assessments and those really took a long time. Um, I think we had enrolled, signed him up for those in October and he didn't even get his first assessment till that May. Mm-hmm. So that chunk of time I would say was like the hardest, mm-hmm. really, really, really hard for us. Um, and how did that impact your mama's heart? You know, I was, I was listening to you talk about that first year of his life that you're in and out of the hospital. You almost lost him several times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what did that do to your mama's heart? And how did that impact you? Just all of the stress and trauma that was going on in, you know, even in that very first year of life. I think I just felt at first it was like, okay. Uh, let me just deal with this. Okay, this is what we're facing. It was more like problem solution kind mm-hmm. of reaction. And then after it wasn't just one incident and it was like, oh, this is like something he's really going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like this is a chron- this is happening long term. I think that's when it set in more like heavy. And I just felt like sad and mm-hmm. At that point, I think I kind of like started pulling away too from Mm -hmm. other people just because I would see them sharing like, oh, look at my baby's walking and Mm -hmm. we're doing all these great things. And I felt like I can't see that and I'm not going to be a good friend right now. So I just like broke up with those, Mm -hmm. anyone in my life. My husband always teased me. He was like, you know, if someone has to earn your empathy during that time because in order to be friends with them. I felt like they needed to go through struggles or something mm-hmm. during that period of my yeah, life. Where I felt you like, are at that point. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Now I'm like, oh, we can all be friends. Right. Right. <laughs> this is where you were then. Yeah. That's where I was then. Yeah. Um, and that was just, uh, it was just hard because I felt like, you know, we were in the hospital. I remember at Christmas and he was a little baby, little guy. It was right around Christmas. And I, I remember just like, being so sad and here all these people were celebrating 
these times with family and we mm-hmm. were there and I was grateful that we had, there was this beautiful family that um, believed in God and Jesus and they came and they were visiting all the kids and they had someone dressed up as Santa Claus and he brought him this present and with bubbles and, and my son loved it. He like had a blast. And I was just thinking like, Oh, I'm so grateful. Someone thought of him, you know? So, but that was hard. It was really, um, just a challenge. And I, Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like, uh, I had a very difficult childhood. And so I kind of felt like I've done this struggle. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've already done all this. Like, didn't I pay my dues in that Mm -hmm. area? Mm -hmm. Can't this, like, I wanted the next generation to not have to start at the starting line. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like pass the baton a little bit ahead. Yeah. That was frustrating. I was so mad at God during that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Well, how did you fast forward from that? Like today, Mm -hmm. you know, that was 10 years ago. How do you view this life now, 10 years later? Um, I think back then there was just a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, um, disappointment, mm-hmm. uh, about a lot of things. Um, and I think now I feel grateful. It's like a different shift in like how I view all of that because I think it's brought our family closer to Jesus. My husband and I, we were kind of the same Christian, the same kind of Christians back then. Like Mm -hmm. we both accepted Jesus as children. Um, You know, we had core values that that stayed with us, but we really didn't pray or read the Bible or go to church. You know, we were Mm -hmm. like, oh, we'll go on Christmas or something like that, that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when all this happened, with my son, that's when we really like, really started our real relationship mm-hmm. with God in our lives and in our marriage. And that completely shifted everything. And I think that's been God's grace because I really don't know if I would have made that choice without the struggle, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, so true. I think so many of us could say the same thing, that those hard things that are placed in our lives, even though we look at them and go, oh my goodness, why? But they so often are the catalyst for what turns us into being strong in our faith and really trusting Mm -hmm. in God for what we need each and every day. And it sounds like that um, is kind of what happened with you and your husband. And so instead of it pulling Mm -hmm. you apart, it brought you not only together as husband and wife, but also closer to God. So yeah. Yeah. Well, so now today your son's 10 Mm -hmm. and how do his disabilities impact his day to day? So, you know, we, we homeschool. So we wait, he wakes up really early, like 5 a.m. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he wakes up with like so much joy. So he knows he has to come in and let me know that he's awake. But he comes in and he'll tell me like a a fact about animals or something like an inch away from my face, like super, super close. Like, mom, (laughs) did you know the plesiosaurus has over 300 teeth? And every day it's kind of this new fact or like, (laughs) and and he's cracking up and he's like delighting in it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where's my coffee? Like what's happening? Yeah, (laughs) quite an alarm clock you've got there, you know, love it. 
So um, it starts there and then we try and schedule like therapies or doctor's visits if we can uh, in the morning when the traffic's kind of less mm-hmm. um, crazy. And then we jump into our school time together. Yeah. And then um, usually our afternoons were kind of, my daughter's really involved in soccer. So we try to make sure that we're there for her and my son and I just get to hang out and watch her and look at his books and enjoy being outside. There's a little walking area. We can walk around there too. And then we come home and have dinner and that's kind of it. He still has a lot of doctor's appointments Mm -hmm. and procedures and Mm -hmm. lab work and, you know, all the stuff that kind of comes along with that. And we know that, you know, certain parts of his life are just going to be different Mm -hmm. and it's, it's going to look different for him and that's okay. You know? Well, when you look at him and how he faces the challenges and deals with the challenges of his life with his disability, what inspires you the most about him when you see how he handles his life? I think sometimes when I have struggles or stuff like that, I'll think like, why, why me? Or Mm -hmm. why not me? Or I kind of question that, but he never looks at life through this, like, woe is me Mm -hmm. lens Mm -hmm. that does not exist for him Mm -hmm. or why me? He just wakes up and he's happy. Like he delights in the little things and he, he doesn't ask for more. Like whatever he's, given he is Mm. joyful and content in yeah and that's a huge lesson taught to me it's like oh wow he he is truly genuinely joyful Mm -hmm. in in what god's given him yeah and so um that's been pretty cool because even when he has like all these appointments or why are my kidneys not working or why do mm-hmm. I have to, you know, all those, mm-hmm. he could definitely play mm-hmm. that card, but he yeah. has never once played it. Not once. Wow. So that's pretty, mm-hmm. I mean, we, he's taught all of us how to be more grateful yeah. for sure. Yeah. Are there other lessons you've learned on this journey? I mean, you know, I love that he is, his attitude, what a gift, you know, to see that and, and what a great example of how to do the hard in life. Mm-hmm. Are there other lessons that you've learned, you know, as you have dealt with the disability journey over these 10 years? There's so many. I mean, we were talking before the show started. I was like, oh my goodness, I could speak so for so long on just one of these, you know, because there's so many. I think a lot of times we want purpose and peace without the pain, Mm. but I think it's through that pain that you find the purpose for your life and for your situation. And so, um, and, and Jesus never promised us it would be easy or, or comfortable. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of us are like, it doesn't have to be easy, but I want some comfort, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and he's like, no, that's not part of this agreement, you know, realizing that like, you can still have amazing things in the midst of that has been like a huge lesson. Like that's just been like, one of many of the things I would say that that we've learned mm-hmm. or like a lesson, but there's just so many. I'm, I'm trying to think like, oh my gosh, how do I narrow that down? You know, <laughs> so, so many, so many lessons that are so good. Yes. Yes. That you wouldn't have learned otherwise had you not been never. on this journey, you know? Yeah. I never, ever would have learned like most of these, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another 
some of the other lessons I've definitely learned too is just uh, surrendering like my desire for control. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a big one. I think especially as a teacher in the beginning, I felt like, uh, okay, I'm going to therapize this out of my child. Yes. I'm, right. I'm a hard worker. Right. I can like work so hard that I'm going to work, work this out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to like, you know, and you'd hear these like meaning well, but friends would always share like, you know, I know this one kid who had autism. Yes. He went on to like, uh-huh. you know, develop a, a brand new helicopter that saved the world. And I'm right. like, oh, well, if my kid doesn't do that, am I a bad mom? Mm-hmm. Am I not like working hard enough? Right. So. I think, you know, in the beginning, it was just like, work hard, work hard, figure out the therapies, do the nutrition, Mm -hmm. do all the things. And I just felt like I was on this treadmill that was going way too fast and I was going to fall hard. And I did. And I think that is when I finally was like, all right, I'm going to give it up. Like I'm sick of looking here to Mm -hmm. my left and right and down. And there was no place else to look but up Mm. and just like surrendering all that I thought I could do, all of Mm -hmm. my abilities and giving it to God. That's when I really started to see like a change. And over and over in the Bible, there's like so many examples of struggle and pain. And I was thinking about like, um, you know, at that time, all this was happening, uh, we had gone to church and there, the pastor was doing that, like where he goes through the, you know, at the, at the end of the service, like he's outside kind of visiting. And I was having one of those Sundays where I was like, please do not look at me because mm. I'm going to burst into tears. Right. Like I am, I'm like holding on by like a very yeah. thin thread yes. today. And he like started coming over and I was like, oh, where's my sweater? Mm-hmm. Like, hide me. Hide. me. Yeah. <laughs> and he started talking to us and he just shared a word with us saying, you know, I feel like your situation is like Elijah and you are experiencing this desert and these hardships and things like that. But once you're stripped of all of the things that you think you have mm. or that you're good at or you're skilled at, all that's taken away. Now I can finally use you. Mm. Now you are someone I can use because it's me that people will see, you know, me meaning God, of course. Meaning God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Beautiful. so. I just felt like that was truly from God for my husband and I at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I really was just a shell of a person then. So I was like, well, great. There's just a shell here. Like, go ahead and mm-hmm. you have a lot of stuff you can build up here, you know? Yeah. So how did things change when you when you decided to surrender mm-hmm. and you decided to say, okay, God, I'm not going to do my plans. I remember I used to do lesson plans. I was a teacher as well. So I would do lesson yeah. plans for my, you know, one-year-old, you know, what with therapy we need to do, <laughs> you know, been there, done that, right? I'm yes, sure that you did the same I thing. I did the same yes, thing. Of course, my one and two-year-old, he needs, yeah. uh, he needs lesson plans, but, right. you know, so how did things <laughs> shift for you when you said, okay, God, I'm going to give this to you? How, what, what, what did, did you see change? I think I saw that um, I was actually in controlling. I was actually setting limits for God. Mm. Like, okay, you need to work in my life in this way, or I need friends that look like this, or my son needs lessons that appear this way. 
And so in surrendering, I was actually allowing him to do all of that because I wasn't creating constraints or boxes Mm, or it's kind of like the lesson plans were thrown out (laughs) and all of a sudden the kids were having fun, you know, and learning. And that's what happened in our life. It was like the minute all all of that was thrown Mm -hmm. out, that's when things really started to move and change and, and it was all for the good, Mm. you know? Freedom, get brought some freedom into your, into your lives. And, you know, I think so often, you know, society looks at our kids and, you know, some of the things they look and see, they may question what they're able to do or what value Mm -hmm. they bring. But how do you think God views your son in particular? This was like an area that was a little tricky for me early on because society is so cruel and mean. When I thought about like in the Bible, in Genesis, how it says like, I created man in my image. I created them in my image. And I went to a homeschool conference and that oh, there was a, someone who spoke over our special needs group and said, you know, there's no caveat to that. And there's no exceptions like, oh, you all are made in the image of God mm-hmm. unless right. you look different or you mm-hmm. think different or you mm-hmm. act different, then you're not really in the image of God. No. He made all of us in Mm -hmm. his image. He tells us that he doesn't measure our value by earthly standards, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not where he sees me as like a beautiful person is like, oh, how many accolades do I have? Or how many, how much money do I have in my bank? Mm -hmm. Or how fancy is it? No, none of that's happening. He looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think when he looks at my son, he sees joy. And I think he sees someone who delights in his creation, like Mm -hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. And my son could spend three hours looking at a bumblebee on a flower. Mm. You know, we yeah. we could go to an aquarium and he would lay down there and look at the fish from upside down mm-hmm. for like four hours if we let him. Yeah. Just pure delight and mm-hmm. laughing, jumping up and down. I mean, talk about praising God, right? Like he is just fully engulfed in that. So I think... God looks at him and he delights in him. Mm. I think he is like, all right. I love that. The world needed one more. Like Mm. he needed you. Mm. This world needed. Absolutely. So I do feel like um, having special needs children, it's almost like he gave us this like kaleidoscope into heaven. Mm. You know, like if you look at the way our kids experience life and experience the world, it's like he's giving us this like kaleidoscope. It's like a small little peak and you look through it and you're like, oh, look at all those mm. beautiful colors and they're re- the rainbows and just all of this gorgeous beauty. And I feel like that's kind of what's to come. It's just kind of a peak into like beauty and mm-hmm. it's so unique and different from the values of society. Yeah, yeah. And to, to be able to see the world the way they do, what, what a gift that would be, you know, to, to, I love the same thing about my son that he just happy and content and yet doesn't worry about the things of this world and oh, to live that way. What yeah. a gift that would be. Now I mentioned when we got started that I met you when you joined my Wednesday community group that I get to lead. And has it been, goodness, six months to a year? How long have you been part of the group now? I think so. I joined in the early fall. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) So, it's been fun getting to know you. And what I, I love about our groups is that, you know, we, in our Wednesday group, we have moms 
all around the country than Birgit, who's in Sweden. And it's just yeah. a sweet, sweet time that we spend together on Wednesdays and then communication throughout the week, you know, as well. And it's just such an encouragement to me. But how has it impacted you? You know, you're a homeschool mom, you're home, mm-hmm. you know, uh, during the day teaching your kids, but you take that time out every week to come be part of the group. So what impact does having this community make in your life? I I just have to say, I love our community group so much. Mm. And the women are all just, real and beautiful and they have struggles. They have all the things. Mm-hmm. It's all slightly different. Like we have kids that are tiny tots and we have mm-hmm. grown adults. We have, there's, it's just a place where you can kind of get wisdom, but it's like rooted in, in real experience. Mm-hmm. No one's sugarcoating anything, but we also like, it's not a place where people stay in, the bad place either. Right, right. right. And that's super important and very encouraging. Um, I would say it's just also impacted the week because Mm -hmm. it's it's like falls on that Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So like I start the week and I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, all right, God, what are you going to do? This is going to be good. And then by Wednesday, I kind of like, Eh, <laughs> yeah, you know? starting to slow down a little bit. Oh yeah. man, when's Friday coming? You know. Yeah. And then, and then after community group, I'm like, all right, Let's, like we can do this. We got it. Yeah. You know, I also think too in the Bible, even before sin, the first thing that God noticed that wasn't good or right was Adam's loneliness. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he sees that, and he's like, oh, that's not good. And this is before sin, so he knows that we are relational. Mm-hmm. And that we have that deep desire to connect with other people. And I think, you know, having that community group is a way for him to say like, all right, I know it's hard for you to go meet up with girlfriends and have coffee and right. do all these other things that maybe typical families can do, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you this. You can relate, you can connect. And I think that's just been like this huge gift in my life. I always look forward to it. Yeah, So grateful. Well, <laughs> I'm grateful that I've gotten to know you in the group and all the other moms and, um, You know, we ask all of our guests as we close out the show, what are ways that you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story? I would say that I really try hard to find laughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day. I love to laugh. And and you share that with us in the group as well. When funny (laughs) things happen, you make you let us know. You won't believe what happened today. I love it. It, It's it, it just like. I can't, I can't help it. It's so, I just love that. So, and I look for it. And then my husband comes home from work and he's like, so what happened? Mm. Like he loves a good laugh. And Mm -hmm. so I would say I really try and find laughter in our situations and joy. It's not, you know, some days are a little harder to do that Mm -hmm. than others. Um, But I think, you know, the gratitudes and affirmations that you, you guys have on the rising above, you know, app are so Mm -hmm. helpful too just to kind of like maintain that focus. But yeah, definitely laughing. We laughing. Yeah. We try and do that. I mean, even this like this last few weeks, <laughs> we have out here in California these huge little like I guess they're mosquito eaters. They're big though, big bugs. Uh-huh. And we were walking in through the door, one, you know, flies in and my son goes, ah, like, what's that? I was like, oh, he's harmless. He won't hurt you. So then later on <laughs> throughout the week, he was 
this little bug would follow us in other rooms. And my son would say, oh, there's harmless again. Oh, following funny. us around, like always wants to see what we're doing, you know, and he'll so just, he'll say little things like that mm-hmm. kind of all day that just like. Bring joy to your mama's heart. Yeah. They, it does. And my, yeah. my daughter loves, like, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, we just love it. So uh, so great. Well, Crystal, I have so enjoyed this time and getting to know more about you. And you're just such an encouragement. And I always love it when I see you pop into group. And so um, thank you for taking the time to share part of your story with us. And I uh, just so appreciate you. Of course. Thank you, Becky. I so appreciate you and everything that you've done through Rising Above. Just, I love it. So thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.